Welcome to Hearts and Minds. My name is Catherine McMahon and I'm here with Maura Cassidy. Today we're talking about how can I be spiritually renewed? Yes. It's a very nice topic, actually. It is a really nice topic. And I think it's nice, you know, if you're feeling a bit like you're skimming the surface of life a bit, you know, you're kind of, you know, just getting by. Or um, you're just feeling a bit stuck in a rut, basically, which often happens. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a very positive topic. And, um, and it's also helpful, I think, in a couple of weeks into the new year. Exactly. You know, when exactly. you have about four or five weeks into the new year or whatever, you can kind of like... And we'll see about where you're at. Where you're at. And mm-hmm. um, for Catholics out there, obviously Lent will be coming up soon enough. Always come very quick. Some, some yeah, years. well, Lent this year is it's particularly. very quick. Yeah. So, um, but I, I have to say, um, when, I thought, when I reread the title again, I thought to myself, it sounds like as if it's all about us. You know, we don't really renew ourselves in the same way as we don't self-create. You know, all the important things that happen in our life are outside our control in some ways. That we all have, obviously have agency. It reminds me of a lecture I had in college. You actually lectured in Irish. And um, he used to get annoyed when people used to, in English, say things like to grow or make grow. And he says, you don't make anything grow. It grows. And it's a nice reminder to us is that while when we're looking at our own spiritual growth, our own renewal, um, we're not in totally in charge. You know, we obviously have to, you might say, make a choice to make an effort to all of those things. But there's a lot of things about growth that are actually outside ourselves. So for example, is being open to others. Like Aristotle would say that virtue really happens in the interpersonal space. Like you can't be generous with yourself. You know, you can't be, <laughs> well, you but can't, you can't max yeah, out. No, but most you know, of the time you grow in virtue through, yeah, interfacing exactly. with others. Exactly, others, interfacing, and we learn so much from them and we come out of our little comfort zone and we grow because they challenge us or because we have to be the better I think self. also over the, over the last couple of years, maybe, um, the whole introduction of technology and how in, in personal development, you know, like all those apps and things like that, or even the books that are written now, it's very much centered on you. Yeah, doing it, and know? I and I think that can also lead to a certain element of absolute burnout because, of course, you realize self de- development. I can't push, keep pushing myself, pushing myself because we're not robots. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, I suppose this whole idea of the first question I'd ask is really: Are you spiritually alert? You know, we all accept the fact that there is a spiritual dimension to our lives. You know, ultimately, what gets us out of bed in the morning? It's love for other people, it's meaning, and for others, it's you know. Some people have that tradition of getting out at a fixed time and offering it up like a little heroic moment in their day. But um, spirituality, you know, in the sense of our spiritual development or spiritual apex is a lifelong pursuit. For Catholics, it's becoming a saint. It's becoming the best version of myself, um, a loving version of myself. The, this person, you might say the real me that God has imagined me to me from the beginning. Um, but depending on our, our season of life, it's easy sometimes to step back or you know, to fall out of connection with God or even the most, you know, regular spiritual exercises can get tired, you know, whether we go, we pray, we go to mass, we, whatever we do. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it's a bit like repeating the same exercises in the gym. If we don't renew ourselves both in our mind or intellect, you have the desire for truth, renew our heart, the desire for love, um, and, you know, that renew that desire to be better. It's very hard. You know, we tend to plateau. That's the way we are. So I think in the spiritual life, it is important to have challenge and it is important to have connection with God because going back to my first point, I suppose, we don't renew ourselves. Um, I think I would say is nothing happens without a decision. Um, it's a wonderful thing to think of instead of thinking, oh, you know, I'm feeling a bit plateaued or flat. Think this is an opportunity you know, um, to consider what's my life project. 
Um, and in that, I think the first thing, you know, we have to consider are all the elements that go to make up our beautiful humanity. And I'd love to reflect on the whole thing of, you might say, our intellect. You know, it sounds all very intellectual, but I think that's not fair. It's um, what's the light that we have in our soul? Mm. What's the light in my mind? What inspires me? You know, we, we're, we're happy if we think happy thoughts. That's putting it a bit simplistically. We're fulfilled if we think in a way that is is deeply human, you know? If we think superficially, like, no offense to poor Harry, but if all of us just Harry. binged on on, on his, his latest publication, Spare, you know, we'd be You're pretty... Not, recommending it, not really. But anyway, mm. I can't say I've read anything of it. I've just read reviews. I just read reviews. Yeah, too. so I suppose my point is, is that if we feed our mind on just popcorn and rubbish, well, we're going to feel like that in our mind. And given that our mind and... It's 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 our thoughts. It's our inspiration. It's it's what drives us. Mm. You know. So I would really encourage you know our listeners to think about well, what is the light that you're searching for? Because maybe you've never really searched for it. Maybe you've really you know. And what is that light that you're giving to others? How are you inspiring them? Yeah, you know, that's interesting and, actually. Because I think sometimes when spirituality a lot it kind of is left to the to the practical and the the feeling side of it you know rather than the, than to the intellectual development yeah you know exactly and i think as well is that we're made in the image and likeness of god we're the only creatures that are rational i know we love to think that our dogs are rational and that dolphins can talk and they can do lots of really interesting things <laughs> but they're not human <laughs> you know so yeah, yeah, there is sure. a voice deep within us that's calling us to love and to do good and each of us is created with that you know, and and to avoid what's wrong and what's evil. We all have that sense. Um, you know, things that we know that's not a good thing to do. Um, now, we can either, dis, you know, you might say dampen it and, you know, we can eradicate it almost completely. Not completely, but and we've seen that, you know, in all the various different awful, you might say, holocausts that there have been, you know, to use very dramatic examples. But the beautiful thing, I suppose sometimes we tend to reduce the conscience, that beautiful light within us, to something that's moralistic, right and wrong and it all. Not a lot of things that we do every day aren't moral. You know, a lot of things that we do aren't. But the conscience is a beautiful space that we know who we are. Mm. We know what my authentic self looks like. We know what my real self looks like. And we know how to, to pit that against our imaginary self. And call ourselves out and go, why are you searching for something that's not going to fill you, that's not you, that's popular, yeah, that will fill you for a split second or for make you feel good about, feel good about yourself to make the point you're making, Catherine, which I think is extremely valid. But is that the real you? And that's where we need to, I suppose, not be afraid to sit with ourselves. And I would say sit with what is truth. And truth is really, the study of truth or the, the science of truth is called philosophy, as we know. And to do that, we can read a really good philosophy book, and I will throw a few up at the end of this podcast. But also what's really good is to get input on how to think. Mm. Input how to make decisions. What happens there? We don't like making decisions. Why do we hate making decisions? And sometimes we carry burdens within us, things we feel bad about. There are things we shouldn't feel bad about. You know, and I, I know listening to people, you know, they say, you know, I just feel so bad about this or that or the other. I go, why are you? Why yeah, are you feeling badly about that? There are only top. some things we should feel badly about. Hmm. You know, and I actually want to just refer to something Pope Benedict said. There was an incident where probably people are probably quite familiar with where something happened we shouldn't have happened. You know, there was a report made on a very serious topic and um, the Pope realized it, Pope Benedict. And he said, look, we didn't intend to do this. It was a mistake. It should not have happened. 
We need to ask forgiveness and say sorry. But we didn't intend to do it. So there is less, you might say, gravity about it. Mm. Whereas if we intend, he gave an example of a lie. When you lie willfully, you intend to lie. So that's something that's wrong. Mm. There's a moral implication. Whereas a mistake, there's no moral implication. But that's a whole area of forming your conscience. What is right? What is wrong? What is the stuff I shouldn't have to worry about? YOLO. Yeah, I think that whole understanding of guilt is so badly mm. understood. Oh, completely. You know, people think, oh, I, I don't want to feel guilty about this. And that's, you know, and you're kind of going, but that isn't, you're not supposed to be feeling guilty about that at all. You know? And that's why the Ten Commandments are beautiful. Because yeah. it's like God saying, listen, we should stop worrying for our over-anxious world. I was chatting actually at the hairdresser the other day and he told me, he was doing some studies on things, we're chatting about all kinds of Christmas things and he was telling me actually, he said, um, he's doing a study on African cultures and he said, you know the word, now this sounds outrageous, but he says, the word depression doesn't exist in African cultures. Hmm. And I thought, okay, well that's a bit strong. And he said, well the reason being, he said, I wonder is that we, we, we get depressed and we get anxious about so many things is sometimes maybe that we shouldn't be getting anxious about. We've placed burdens on our shoulders that we shouldn't be. And obviously, I don't want to, to step away from anxiety or depression or real mental illness and challenges. They exist, they're there. But I thought it was an interesting insight. Are there things that we feel badly about that we shouldn't feel badly about? And that's why, as I say, the Ten Commandments are beautiful because God is telling us, look, this, this, this are wrong. They're the biggies. There's 10 of them. 10, not 200. You know, not what social media tells you, mm. not what twi- you know, Twitter tells you. Etc. Etc. So I think um, it's just very, very helpful. I think, and that's why you know I'm just going to do a few shout outs here for a few things. There are a couple of things online which are really, really good, and there's a couple of things which are face to face in you know input on this mm. area. One thing Catherine McMahon gives is a thing called Philosophy on Tap. Oh, it's run by Beloved. It's really good, and I think we're going to put something in because it literally is. You know, yeah. people like Catherine who have studied well, philosophy. Well, I'm doing it with students. I know you're doing it, you're doing it with students. Yeah, yeah. But there are other things out there, you know, and yeah. if other people would be interested in philosophy, you know. Yeah, for no, I do agree. Like, I, I think in studying philosophy and getting to know it a little bit more, it does help you to um, be simple about your life. Mm. It simplifies a lot of things mm. to do with your life. And I think even in teaching it or, or sharing it with young people in particular, what's what I do right now in this grand occasion of this year, um, it's just interesting to see the response mm-hmm. and the kind of the sense of kind of the, the you know, a, a light bulb moment mm-hmm. of, a, of an understanding that you can actually dig deep and discover things about yourself that and you can actually ask those questions mm-hmm. rather than thinking it's just you go by the status quo. You don't mm-hmm. have to go by the status quo. Mm-hmm. You no. can you can question things. Mm-hmm. You can shake the cage and you can mm-hmm. challenge. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. It's very interesting. And I think it's very important. Obviously, as I said, we put books and things like that. You know, there's some really short books, which are really helpful. And there's some very good other podcasts, actually, mm. on philosophy podcasts, which are out there, yeah. um, which I think is really helpful. But I think because what can happen is we self-limit. Um, you know, we self-limit because of our fears or our negative self-talk and so many things. Whereas we're called to greatness. Every single person is called to greatness. Like I heard an incredible talk last night given by a young woman. And I thought, wow, the amount of challenges she had in her life and what she has done with her life mm-hmm. in a very humble, you know, beautifully feminine way that she had the room agog. And I thought that's somebody who understands what called to greatness is. That it's not having everything right. It's not having everything perfect, but it's knowing your core values and knowing who you are and knowing what the light in your soul tells you. 
and being happy to commit to the journey of discovering and getting, you might say, formation. Mm. And what does, for example, in the Catholic tradition, what does the Catholic Church teach about God, mm. about what it is to be human, about so many things, mm. you know, what is right, what is wrong, what is beautiful, what is true, what is good, you know, all these things. So because we have a spiritual soul, we have an intellect, we have a free will, as I said, we're, we are made in the image and likeness of God. We're destined for eternal beatitude. And, and that's what we, that's such a beautiful thing to discover. It's mm. not a negative thing. It's not kind of once I find out, oh, I wish I'd unfound out because then all the things that I'm going to discover that are wrong. Yeah. And, and that's the space we're in, I unfortunately. Think, you know, in discovering things and learning them and getting to know them, in fact, it liberates you yeah. and gives you greater freedom. Yeah. And many people think that in knowing more, they'll actually be chained mm. to a kind of a, a moral compass that they'll have to pin themselves mm. on, when in reality it's the complete opposite. Yeah. So I have to say, shout out to Pope Benedict. Yeah. You know, rest in peace. Because he was an incredible intellect, yeah. an incredible man. And I think if we have a chance even to read his books, mm. and just he has a book on conscience, he has a book actually, on conscience yeah, which is very slim which thankfully it is <laughs> because he's very deep. So you need to digest it slowly, but surely, yeah. but honest, it's, it's a wonderful book. And yeah. I really, might even do a podcast on it. I'd be very happy to yeah, do that because it's a beautiful just, book. You, you read his stuff yeah. and you kind of go, this man had incre an incredible gift of an intellect, but also an incredible humility. Yeah. And perhaps because of that humility, he was able to reach the very core of, of and, God really. Exactly. Just, and I think what I, I, well, I don't know. I hope I'm not, you know, um, saying anything wrong here but Pope Benedict was um, well his favourite saint was Saint Joseph but he, he was he loved Saint Augustine okay and that really formed his his intellectual thought his love he wasn't so much a Thomist which I think is very interesting hmm. because he looked at the human what person by Thomas now okay sorry that sounds very posh Thomas. And it sounds, yeah. well Thomas Aquinas in a sense he, he obviously hugely respected Thomas mm -hmm. Aquinas and of course you know he's a huge figure and Saint Thomas Aquinas was who basically said well taught us that basically philosophy and faith faith and reason come together mm. they dovetail and that is Pope Benedict essentially obviously that is a huge part of his work but um, I hope I'm not really saying terrible things here because no, I'm not, not a theologian or philosopher but no, no. from my very hmm. limited lay position <laughs> um, is that Pope Benedict, um, he, he, he looked at the human person, he loved the human person. And I don't think he gets enough, I don't think he gets enough kudos for that. Well, the so media always the, painted him like a terrible... Exactly. Yeah. But it's because it, St. Augustine was all about later I loved you. And it was all about the pedagogy of desire. Mm -hmm. It was all the thing of how can I desire? There's nothing wrong with your desire. So anyway, I'm going off the point slightly. But I think it's really, really important to step away from the traditional, well, the, not the traditional, but the the, in, the incorrect view of what conscience is. Conscience is a beautiful light that should inspire you to discover the authentic you and share that with others and help them to discover that too, which is a person created for greatness, made in God's image. I think the other point about spiritual renewal is, the second point is I think the whole idea of you can have a life project, but it can be very lonely. You need a mentor. Right. Okay. And I would suggest as our listeners are listening to things like whether it's a podcast you start following or face-to-face, -face, you know, things you start doing. We do loads of them on Hearts and Minds on the website. But in any event, you will start to discover people or even, I know Call to More do wonderful meditations. There's 10 Minutes with Jesus. Some of the priests of Hope Stay do those. There's wonderful things there. And you'll start discovering people out there who are in your world, in mm -hmm. this case, Ireland or the UK <laughs> or wherever you're listening from. But the point is you'll start discovering people who you could reach out to to be a spiritual mentor. 
And what does that mean? People who are accompanying you in your sort of trying to take your spiritual steps, because the first point I raised at the outset was we don't grow alone. We need people who are, who have gone ahead of us, who we trust. They share the same values as us, who have experience in this and they accompany us in our journey, can help us, you know, not to abandon ship when everything looks awful and not to feel absolutely elated and think I've, I've, I've reached the pinnacle when we're only starting. So that's really, really important. And it's what the, the Catholic Church tradition is, mm. effectively, of we get to heaven together. Mm. And the tradition of spiritual accompaniment or spiritual guidance has always been there. And it's, it's, and we have a whole podcast on that. So if you have any queries on it, just scroll down and you'll find it. But anyway, just to, just to say that, because what's terribly important, I think, in all of this is it's a journey. And we're always trying to discover the real me versus the ideal, versus what I would call the ideal me. Um, and I think with that, when you have somebody who is helping you with that, I think you'll just rest and have a lot of spiritual peace. Yeah. Which I think is really, really important in the spiritual life, mm -hmm. you know, with the spiritual renewal, because sometimes we can just get panicked and think, am I there yet? And obviously the spiritual guide can't tell you that, but what they can help you do is to have a plan about your spiritual life mm. and not to have a, a far too onerous plan that won't work for you. So it could be some prayer, it could be maybe, you know, confession more regularly, it could be mass obviously on a Sunday, but other days, it could be whatever it is, mm. the rosary, whatever works for you and helping you mm. to, to build it up a bit like going to the gym and you have your personal trainer in that sense. Um, so I think that's the other, the other element to it. Um, and then I think the other point, I suppose, is, is that um, the sacraments, because we can talk to God, we can talk about God, we can hear about God, and also about how, the what, I suppose, our journey in life is about growing in virtue, becoming the best version of myself, the saint that is, that is, that is, that is in potential, in potent, whatever the phrase is, potentially in me, it's yeah, yeah. within me, but it's not visible yet. But um, we need to touch, we want to become, we're God's children. So we need to start looking like him. And the only way we start looking like him is if we actually touch him. Mm -hmm. Okay, and this is a bit of mystery. So if you want a phrase for this, I would say, leave space for the magic. Okay, we need to have mystery in our life because if we don't, we're trying to renew myself. Self-help book approach only. Self-help books are amazing, yeah. but there needs to be more because that's not enough. And I think giving over to mystery also means you won't get discouraged mm. You exactly, know, because you're, it it truly is a relationship, yeah. and it's 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 a moment of correspondence. You're corresponding mm. to that relationship. You're not just me, myself, and I running mm. around a track and hoping mm. to get some brownie points out of it. Um, so yeah, once you hand over, because ultimately the spiritual life is about handing over your life mm. to God, mm. and then having the freedom and the the humor to kind of laugh at your mistakes but mm. know that you're with God mm, absolutely so yeah and I think as well like um, so I think there's two sides to that there's sacraments and there's prayer okay prayer I would just say the gospels mm -hmm. there's nothing yeah. better than just taking a gospel out and like that's the biography of Christ it's mm. four of them pick your, take your pick and many many people have read this, the gospels and gone okay and I think with an open heart and with a heart that's expectant Mm -hmm. We're so, ex that's the thing I have an issue with about New Year's resolutions because they're always about expectations and goals and it's all about me achieving, achieving, achieving. Whereas what's beautiful sometimes about spiritual life is we show up but we expect from God. We do our bit, but there's a whole part of it that's not up to us. 
And that's the childlike spirit that we need. And that's what you're referring to there is that that's the bit that the magic, that's the mystery that we need to be open to. And I, I listen, contact me directly if it doesn't work. Because <laughs> just, it's, it's foolproof, okay? Yeah. So that's the whole prayer space. And I'm obviously touching on things here. I'm not going into them in huge detail. And then the other side of it is the sacraments. Because when you, you know, a relationship is about trust. Mm. So any of you out there who have another half, you know, in that relationship or a friendship or anything, you trust the other person. So if stuff goes wrong, you'll go, okay, what happened there? There's enough water under the bridge to go, what was that about? Um, it also means that the other person in the relationship can say, look, I know you're going to find this hard, but I need to ask this of you. Or look, if stuff happens, the marriage vows, you know, in sickness and health, we go, we kind of get ready for the fact that a lot of not nice stuff is going to happen, but I'm trusting you, not the circumstances. Why do I say that in the context of sacraments? Because the sacraments, God is saying to us, listen, I know when you show up for mass, it looks like a piece of bread, but I'm actually there. I need you to believe that on faith. I need you to trust me. Um, now, once we start reading about the mass, we'll discover a whole world behind it, okay? And I think that's really, really fascinating mm. because what we'll discover is that when Jesus became man, he became man so we could be like God. That's what St. Ignatius of Antioch told us. You know, he said, he, 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 it's like Christ becoming man saying, I want you to be able to touch me. I want you to be able to see me. I want you to be able to relate to me. I want you to be able to feel that I have been a child when you were an infant. I have been a teenager when you were a teenager. I have been a young person when you've been a young person. Okay, stops at 33, so what could I say? Yeah. But the point is, he's mm. been through and he's been through so extraordinary suffering. So even the most, from elation to absolute suffering, he's been there. So what are we doing in the sacraments? It's like he's saying, because I'm God, I can make myself available to you in the same way as I was available and more to the, to the, the, the 12 apostles. I was physically with them. I'm physically with you in the Eucharist. And I can actually go in you. You can feed on me. And you have the sacraments, like all the sacraments for every period in our life so that we're feeling we've done wrong, we can ask for forgiveness. We need food, we go to the Eucharist. We need, to, we want our marriage blessed, we go to the sacrament of marriage. We want, um, in our illness, we go to the sacrament of the sick. You know, if priesthood is, is, is the thing for you, well, you have the priesthood. So we've all the very seven stages, the key moments in our life, and God is there, God is with us. So I would suggest, that's quite a lot now in one single podcast, but it's, it's, it's all there. Mm. And I would suggest that um, taking those number of steps, I think you will encounter spiritual renewal. You will be part of that spiritual renewal yourself by making, taking the first step, but by opening yourself up to the project, to the person who's going to guide you, to Christ, I think. Yeah, You're we'll, well on the we'll have also in the description, you know, and also in the blog post connected to this on the Hearts and Minds website, um, links to different things that will help, yeah. you know, because, uh, yeah, I mean, if, if sometimes it is true, like if you take sacred scripture at first hand and if you're not used to it, sometimes it's a little bit heavy, I say that, mm. kind of like a personal experience or whatever like that. And it's, it's good to have something to aid you sometimes mm. in kind of understanding how to almost find, like ask the Holy Spirit and, and find the points are to find the line in sacred scripture that you're reading that really touches you and that really mm. helps you and helps you to dialogue with our Lord. But all the, all that is kind of, you know, you need to f discover your niche. In you a do. Sense. You need and to that's discover. why this is a kind of a, a, a kind of a sort of a 
big sort of mosaic for anybody. Yeah. In the sense, it depends on where you are in the journey. Yeah. So we're putting a lot into the resources. We are here. putting a lot. But yeah, I but think, I think it's good. I think, I think it's it helpful good, yeah. because otherwise you could reduce spiritual and you to something very sort of what pedestrian really something yeah. very sort of bland and I suppose here it's a case of just you know as we said at the outset you're called to greatness you're called you're called to more and mm-hmm. I think don't be afraid to actually be open to that yeah, and to, okay. to challenge yourself intellectually challenge yourself spiritually go where you haven't been before yeah you just don't know where it's going yeah, to stre- take you stretch yourself a little stretch bit yourself a little bit because I think sometimes we we kind of we have a God space but it's very much God do this because I need you as opposed to God, what's your plan for me? God, why did you create me? God, where do you want me to go? What's in store for me? We don't tend to ask him much about his plan for us, even though we came from him and we're going to him. Mm. It's kind of bizarre, really. Or even, you know, praying praying to God for yourself. You know, like the, yeah. sometimes we, you know, with prayer petition, you know, you'd be saying the rosary or you'd be praying the rosary. You you pray for other people and you pray for their intentions and everything like that. But pray for yourself, you know, yeah. pray, f- pray for what God wants of you, that you would have the strength and that you'd be able to correspond to his graces. Absolutely. And on that point of graces, I was recently in a church in Madrid and um, it's not a very old church, actually. And um, I think it's a church, Miraculous Medal. And in it, there's a plaque. And I went up to read it. The church is about 120 years old, I'd say. And on the wall was a list of all the saints and founders who'd actually had extraordinary graces in this church. And I found myself going, wow, you know, do you go to your local parish church? Because it's the same. Jesus is there. Do you go there expecting, you know, you know, just, you know, something special? Why not? That's, you know, it's, it's faith that actually moves God. All the miracles of the gospel was because people believed, you know, I think it was today's when our Lord's, you know, it was it was the it was the man who was who was um couldn't walk. <laughs> I can't find the word. Couldn't walk. Paralyzed. That's it. Thank you. And he yeah. said, If you can, you can make me walk. Mm-hmm. And Jesus looked at him loved him and said, I can. I will. So you know, we can go to our local church and go, Jesus, you know, if you can, you know, you could. And he'd give us what we need, not often what we ask. Mm-hmm. And that's what prayer is all about. It's discovering what the the true things we should be asking for that would be truly helpful. Thanks a million, Maura. Not at all. Um, we'll definitely put a couple of things, a couple of links in the description and also in the blog post that we'll be connecting with this on the Hearts and Minds website. So thank you. Thank you.